The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. I am so glad to welcome you back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. Our sponsors today, um, the first one is Kim Evans Institute for Integrative Medicine in Louisville, Kentucky, where they make you an active partner in your care and healing uh, your mind, body, spirit, and soul. For information, contact www.integrativemedicine, numeral 4, U, just the letter U. So www.integrativemedicine4u.com. And our second sponsor is Holly Blue Nurse Community App, which is for and about nurses. It is a wonderful app. It is www.hollyblue.com, and you can uh, um, uh, get on it for free. And it's, uh, their goal is and theme is a community where nurses thrive. So I think you'll love it. Today, we're talking about nurses' personal finances for 2021 and what you need to know. So 2021 is a new year and new economic landscape. Nurses have been hit hard in some countries, states, and counties, and others have been working overtime without days off. My own experience was as a new nurse, I knew next to nothing about managing my finances except what came from my frugal World War II parents who said, save as much as you can and don't buy anything on credit unless absolutely necessary. Uh, I put my money in the bank savings account for years. Then I discovered universal life insurance and was able to borrow from it to finance four houses and six cars. Next was stocks, bonds, and more. My guest, Dan Dorval, is president and CEO of Dorval and Chorn Financial Advisors. He's been working with the Minnesota Nurses Association, MNA, nurses teaching and advising about finances for many years and thousands of clients. He understands the issues they face and the misunderstandings that come up with employers uh, regarding wages and benefits. He has been an integral partner in helping service service. Uh, being a helping service for the M&A and has been able to offer its members a wonderful service. So thank you, Dan, for joining us, and I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me, Leanne. Yeah, wonderful. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know that you are the president and CEO but what got you there? How did you, um, was this your main goal throughout your life was to become a financial advisor or how did you get there? And then how did you get to the point of assisting nurses? Well, that's an interesting story because when I first went to school, I actually was, uh, I went to school to be an engineer and I oh. ended up becoming an environmental engineer working for a consulting firm. Didn't particularly like my career and decided that I needed to do something else. So when I was 27, I decided to leave behind, you know, a good income and benefits and all those those security type things to become a financial advisor. And I did that on a completely independent basis. So I didn't have any clients. 
didn't have any income, anything like that. So <laughs> one of the first people I helped was an engineering contact that I knew, and he happened to be married to a nurse. And that nurse was the primary breadwinner in the family, but she had absolutely no idea how any of their finances were being handled or how any of her benefits worked. And uh, so I ended up helping them do a financial plan. And along the way, I contacted her hospital, which was North Memorial Healthcare here in the Twin Cities, and um, mm-hmm. asked their benefits people if, if I could learn more about what she was dealing with. And they ended up asking mm-hmm. me some questions, and I said, well, would you be interested in having a financial advisor associated with this, your program? And they're like, um, yeah, that would be awesome if you're willing to talk to our nurses. <laughs> well, I needed uh-huh. people to help, so I was, I was perfectly yeah. happy to help nurses, and it's been a great relationship since then. Yeah, and nurses are easy to talk to. They're generally pretty good listeners, and they're really um, well welcome any kind of help they can get, uh, especially things like these that you know isn't something that we normally get in nursing school. It's just not taught. So, um, talk a little bit. I guess you did kind of uh, introduce how you got into the financial wellness program, and. Um, uh, uh, do you have any stories? Is there anything you can share with us about what uh, it's like? Um, what are some of the what, one of the things I'm thinking is that nurses may not know even what a financial advisor is, and so I'm curious what kind of questions you get from nurses. Yes. Yeah, so as far as financial planning, one of the things that's confusing for a lot of people is our world. Uh, is is something that's not well-defined, meaning that anybody can literally call themselves a financial advisor. They don't have to do financial planning like us. They could be uh, selling mortgages or they could be a bank teller or anything and say they're a financial advisor. So a lot of times mm-hmm. the nurses are confused about what we do and how we do it. Uh, we provide what we call quality of life financial planning. We do that through the Minnesota Nurses Association as an actual uh, participant benefit. So if you are a member of the union, you get that as part of your benefits. And quality of life planning is just a lot different than what most people think about with finances because they're thinking maybe investments or insurance. And we just look at those things as tools to help people accomplish their goals. Uh, The quality of life Mm -hmm. aspect is really what makes it personal and custom to each nurse that comes in to see us. So they usually describe the experience as being dramatically different than, you know, any other person they've ever seen before. And what I mean by that, to give you an example, to give you a story, is one of the nurses that we helped not too long ago, she came in and she was just really hesitant to come and see us. And we asked about if she'd ever had any experiences with an advisor before. And she said she had after a divorce about 10 years ago. She went in to Mm -hmm. see what kind of situation she was going to be in. And this advisor, she had received them as a referral from some of her friends. And this person walked through her financial situation. And when she came in to go through a plan, he said, you have no hope. And there is nothing you can do to improve your situation. And really gave her nothing to go on from there. Well, as you can imagine, Leanne, she went... From this meeting, she went out to the parking lot. She described how 
She broke down sobbing. She was going through this huge emotional trauma of divorce as it was. And now she's hearing that she's never going to be able to retire. Well, when she came to see us, she was very worried about us doing the same type of thing. And in reality, it was Mm -hmm. a completely different experience because we went through what her situation was and how important her pension plan was. The other advisor didn't even look at her pension. And we were able to tell her, put her on a path to be able to let her know she was going to be okay in retirement. And she cried out of our meeting, out of happiness and just feeling like she was empowered Mm -hmm. to be able to accomplish something. And it was a completely different experience for her. Wow. That is, I actually can really relate to that. Because um, the first time, probably would have been about the first time I went into a financial planner, and it was through my credit union. And um, I was having terrible uh, physical problems, and I eventually ended up being disabled. Um, But I wanted to work. I wanted to work as a nurse, and doctors were telling me that wasn't going to be possible for me. And you know, I could not imagine any other field that I could go into and be able to uh, make the money that I was making as a nurse to be my sole support. So um, I know I cried through the whole <laughs> the whole first meeting I had with that financial advisor, and I'm still with that person. Um, and it was probably 20-some years later. And uh, it just makes all the difference in the world when you can trust that that person is there for you as opposed to what they're going to make out of it. So um, is it just uh, M&A nurses? Can nurses from anywhere around the country or... I don't know if you do international stuff, but I'm I'm thinking maybe around the country would they be able to get a hold of you? So our our main agreement is with the Minnesota Nurses Association, and they compensate us to be available to help all of their members. So that's that's an important benefit. Uh, we absolutely mm-hmm. will help nurses who come to us outside of that contract, but we're also careful in mm-hmm. in describing exactly how that relationship would work. Uh, so the primary people that do come to us are through the union, and I've helped okay. people from all over the country. We actually, I used to speak mm-hmm. for the International Honor Society of Nursing, and they had me go out wow. to Baltimore one year to do a presentation where there were nurses from all over the world, certainly all over the country. It was one of the biggest audiences I've ever had for speaking, um, and we will help those people if they come to us with any questions or advice that they need. Sure. So even if nothing else, you might be able to help them to get um, some a financial advisor where they are or closer to them. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the things too that we're working on to expand our resources to be able to better help people that maybe they aren't part of the union. So it's it's something we're continuing to work on to expand how many people we can help. But the union itself has. Sure. Over 20,000 nurses in the Twin Cities. So we're talking about right. uh, our group has only six people in it with two advisor teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we're, we are limited a little bit in our capacity to help people. So I guess I'm curious, what do you expect now with the year that we've just had? Nurses have been up and down. They've been furloughed. They've been, you know, every kind of of not knowing what's going to happen for them in their future, and do you expect that you're going to be hearing from more people now as we get into 2021? 
we had a tremendous amount of activity coming out of the initial COVID uh, April, May timeframe where a lot of nurses, like you said, were furloughed. A lot of nurses, their job descriptions changed. They felt like they were no longer in a position to be safe at work. So a lot of them came to us and said, especially the ones that were maybe over the age of 60 and they were getting close to retirement anyway, they were saying, I'm not just, Mm -hmm. I'm not getting that same quality of life through work that I'm used to. What can I do to be able to retire? And we have helped uh, a number of nurses, literally dozens of nurses, retire probably earlier than they anticipated. And Mm -hmm. uh, we believe that that's going to create a shortage as far as the most experienced nurses in our system. And there's going to be some fallout from that. But we anticipate more and more of those nurses coming to us, even in 2021, because the hospitals just don't seem to be giving them the same support for their roles that they were in the past. Exactly. Yep, that's what I cannot understand. It's like, <clears throat> do they not understand the nurses are actually their bread and butter? How they treat the nurses is how nurses are able to treat patients, and that's what brings people back. So um, it, it's really confusing for me. So I just actually had um, a, a question about this this morning. Um, somebody had sent me a message and asked. She said she's 14 months from retirement but she feels like she should pull out now and um, wondered if, if that was possible. Now, I know you don't know any of her situation, but if this person were contacting you, what are some of the questions you would ask her to determine whether that would be a possibility for her? And then what would be some of the suggestions you might make? Well, that's actually a great example. We get those types of questions every day. Uh, Investments are incredibly emotional, and we have seen over the last couple of months uh, incredible amounts of uncertainty, obviously, with the election and everything else that's going on in our world today. Vaccines coming out, we're not sure exactly how that's all going to work. So people are worried about the markets. We, We had a good year in the stock market last year. A lot of people made a lot of money on their retirement accounts. And then they come to us and they say, well, should I get out or should I get in or you know, what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. And the important aspect of this is that investments are simply tools to help you accomplish goals. Stocks are not good or bad. They are not right or wrong. Bonds are not good or bad. They are not right, right or wrong. They're just tools to accomplish a goal. So what we would tell this person is to go through the process of what does she really want out of her life from a quality of life perspective And that will help guide what she needs in order to maintain that quality of life when she's no longer working. Once we know how much income she needs in order to do that, we will look at all the different resources she has, whether that is Social Security, maybe she has a pension like the M&A nurses do, maybe she has her investments. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to align those resources as efficiently and effectively as we can to accomplish that goal and make sure she can maintain her quality of life for the rest of her life. Usually what that means from the stock market perspective, stocks are good at growing money over long periods of time. Bonds are better at protecting money over short periods of time. So in most Mm -hmm. cases, you still want to have both, even if you felt like the stock market was going to go down. And the reason why is we don't ever know for sure if it's going to go down. We don't know when it's going to go down. And we don't know how far how it would much. go down. <clears throat> yeah. So once yeah. you have that broadly diversified portfolio, 
then you can rebalance, you can continue to monitor it, but it's going to be aligned with what you're trying to accomplish. So backing up just a little bit, when you talk about quality of life, um, you know, some people might not know what you mean by that. I was thinking it might be maybe the person wants to be able to babysit her grandkids and maybe golf once a week and go and visit her sister in California once a year. Or they might want to be able to travel all the time. So um, that's quite a bit different from one person's uh, goal or dream to another person. So how would you speak to each of them? That's another great point because we talk a lot about financial planning being personal and it has to be customized. Mm -hmm. This is why financial planning Mm -hmm. is frankly hard to do. Every single nurse that comes to see us is different. Their Mm -hmm. quality of life is driven by their priorities, their values, their motivations, and the things that are their goals that are most important to them. And so we have to understand all of that, all of those things first before we start giving advice. And this is different than most of the financial services world because most people in the world, so if you think about having maybe a Fidelity or a Vanguard for your financial, um, you know, your retirement plan through work, those entities begin with the investments and then try to fit a plan around them. We're trying to understand the motivations of these nurses and then their Mm -hmm. resources and putting that all together looks a lot like a big puzzle to us. So we assemble all mm-hmm. those puzzle pieces to create that picture that they're trying to, to, to re, uh, relate to their quality of life. Right. And so when we do that, that's unique for every single person that we help. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to the different kinds of um, financial planners. Um, I know when I first started hearing about financial planners, I had gone to one that was a huge company. Um, and I would go in and he would have nothing on his desk, literally nothing on his desk. And I thought, does this guy work? Um, and, uh, you know, pretty much the things that he was directing me toward were things that he was going to get uh, a payment back, you know, that either I was going to be paying him or something would be coming out of the money he um, he was getting for me through, the, you know, whatever he was leaning me toward. So what are some of the things that if somebody's looking for a financial planner, what are some things they want to be careful about? So a couple of things that we would recommend. Number one, your advisor should be, ask the question if they're a fiduciary advisor. And a fiduciary Mm -hmm. means that they have to do what's in your best interest rather than their own. And that can be confusing for a lot of people because they would just assume that all financial advisors are fiduciary advisors. They are not. So from a regulatory Mm -hmm. standpoint, it is a completely different standard of advice. We are independent fiduciary advisors under contract through M&A, and our fees are clearly disclosed through M&A. Most advisors don't clearly disclose how they're going to be compensated. So when you go in, Mm -hmm. you have no idea if they're selling you something strictly for a commission, Are they looking for a long-term relationship? How is that whole process going to work? And it's, it's really confusing for people because when we think about financial planning, part of the beauty of the M&A program is you have access to us throughout that membership with M&A. 
Planning is a process. It's not a one-time snapshot where I sell you something and then I go away. That, that really has no value from a planning perspective. Planning is an inherently collaborative process over time, which is why nurses do so well with it. And so they'll come in and see us when their life changes, their goals change, or their situation has changed. And most advisors sure. aren't going to worry about that. They're just going to sell them something and move on. Exactly. Especially, like you had said um, previously, that uh, people that are really, what did you call it, wealth management, where they just want you to be really wealthy and and then uh, they will, you know, uh, manage your money for you. But uh, if you're not wealthy, they really don't care. Yeah. So the typical wealth manager group basically says, okay, you know, you're a nurse, go out and figure out a way to become wealthy somehow, some way, whether you inherit it, I don't care if you win the lottery, whatever you do, once you're wealthy, then come and talk to us and we'll help you manage that wealth. But what we do is we change that whole situation and say, we are here to help you improve the probability of reaching your goals at any stage of your life. So one of the biggest things we do, you know, we do help a lot of nurses getting ready to retire. But we also help young nurses that maybe they're straight out of school. They're in their 20s. Mm -hmm. This is their first real job. They're making good money, but they probably have student loans. Maybe they have other debt, and they want to know, what do I do? How do I get my life off on a good track, you know, financially speaking, so that I'm ahead of the game rather than always being behind? And we had an awesome story about a couple of nurses that came to us straight out of school. They were both nurses. They had $180,000 of student loans. And they told me their goal was to be have that paid off completely within five years. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have no idea how this couple is going to do that. But they were committed to it. Wow. And so we laid out a plan of how to get there. And they stuck to that plan. And they actually called me up four years later and they said, Dan, we just made our last payment on our student loans. They didn't do it in five. <laughs> they did it in four years. And now when they came in, wow. they had had a baby along the way, but they were still living in a small apartment. That's how they were saving money. Mm-hmm. And they now mm-hmm. had all of this cash flow, over $4,000 a month of free cash flow available to be able to buy a, a nice home, They now were able to allocate money for their kids' education. They were able to do all the things because they had sacrificed in order to pay off these student loans. It's it's one of the more extreme examples of paying off debt, but really a powerful story. Right, and it really does take that determination. We're actually at a good place um, to take a break, so I think we will go ahead and do that. Um, This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And today we are talking about nurses' personal finances in 2021 and what you need to know. So my guest today is Daniel Dorval. He is president and CEO of Dorval and Chorn Financial Advisors, and he assists nurses in Minnesota through the Minnesota Nursing Association uh, with financial planning, and he also teaches and is a guest speaker on various different topics. So we will be back in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. Womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Hey nurses, what would you say is the hardest part about being a nurse? Well, most of you would say it's putting everyone else's needs before our own, which means not enough time for self-care. And this is why Holly Blue has created a peer support and community app just for nurses, so you can take care of you. Holly Blue is the ultimate nurse app to help you connect with local nurses, organize your nurse life in one place, restore your love for nursing, and empower you to thrive in a field that needs you. Want to see how it works? Student nurses, nurses, and retired nurses can download this free app on the App Store Google Play now. Just type in H-O-L-L-I-B-L-U or go to hollyblue.com to start connecting. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us today. We had a few um, technical glitches. Um, today we're talking about nurses' personal finances for 2021, what you need to know. So my guest today is Dan Dorval. He's president and CEO of Dorval and, and Chorn Financial Advisors, and he assists nurses of the Minnesota Nurses Association in financial planning and uh, retirement planning and, and uh, things like that. So, um, Dan, welcome back. Um, we were just talking before the break about a couple that had, um, you know, pretty big uh, debt for their nurses' uh, student loans, and they wanted you to help them pay it off in five years, and you actually helped them in four. Or actually, the way you had set it up, they were able to do it in four. So it made me think about, um, are there differences between male and female nurses, and what are those? Um, how do you interact with them perhaps differently? That's a good question. We obviously, because we help so many nurses, I've literally helped thousands of nurses over the years, most of them are women. And what we find okay. is one of the biggest gender differences is that women, if they were to ask us a question when they come in, their primary question is some form of, will I be okay? And to yeah. us, that sounds inherently like a financial planning question. We can then walk them through mm -hmm. 
their situation and give them an assessment and say, here's a plan to put you on a path to being okay. Men are very different. Now, of course, if I'm stereotyping, I have to be careful because not everybody is the same. But men Mm -hmm. begin with the assumption that they will be okay. And so from a planning perspective, they look ahead and they say, it doesn't really matter what's going to happen. We'll just do whatever we need to do in order to be okay. And the story we tell to illustrate those gender differences is that if we were to get lost and we didn't have access to our phone or any other resources in order to be able to find our way, a woman would be inclined to stop almost right away and ask for help. She would want to know where she needed to go in order to get to her destination. A man, Mm -hmm. in general, will just assume that they'll figure it out. I will actually just keep driving like in one direction until I hit a road where I kind of know, okay, I need to go this way. And I might get completely lost, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to ask for help. And so Uh women, our belief is that they are inherently better suited to be financial planning (laughs) clients. Now, it doesn't mean that men are not good clients. It means that Uh we have to be aware of those behavioral differences. That is fantastic, and and this is probably a good place, but um, I hear that I have a client of yours on the phone who would like to, um, I think, sing your praises. So her name is Katie, and we'd love to bring her in. Katie, are you there? This is Katie. Hi, Katie. Yes. I'm so glad you called. So apparently you know Dan from previous experience. Yeah, could you tell us about that? What what was it like to go in initially, and what did you learn, and how has it gone around over the the years you've known him? Well, initially, I went to one of the M and A workshops on how to get ready for retirement, and I was forty seven at the time. I had zero savings, and I had um, uh, some credit card debt. I you know I didn't max out five cards or anything, but I did have credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And um, I listened to Dan talk, and I went up to him afterwards, and I said, you need to be in my life. And we went from there. And he was worried you wanted to marry him, right? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing. Were were you worried, Dan? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, Um, I guess not. (laughs) He set up a plan. I'm the sort who doesn't really want to know the details because if I know the details, I'll start obsessing about them, and it just makes Uh, me crazy. So I really don't know, you know, step by step over the years what he's actually done for me in terms of, you know, Mm -hmm. where my money is. Is it here in A or B or C or wherever? A pie chart. He sends pie charts. Mm -hmm. Um, But... He said, this is how we'll lay it out, and I did have some life changes as we proceeded. I was Mm -hmm. married when we met. I became widowed uh, about six years ago, five years ago, and that was a big time where we had to re-meet and and re-look at the plan. And um, I retired. I, I haven't been at the bedside for about seven years and doing telehealth nursing from home. And I retired Mm -hmm. from that this past August with a comfortable way of life. Quality of life is great right now. And it's all thanks to him 
figuring out the path and putting the puzzle together for me. That's fantastic. Dan, do you want to add yeah. anything? Well, thank you so much, Katie. It's It's been our pleasure to help you over all of these years. We've actually known each other for over 18 years. And um, I I was pleasantly surprised a few weeks ago that I received this box in the mail at the office. And I opened it up completely unexpected. And it was this absolutely beautiful homemade quilt that Katie uh-huh. had put together for me. And she had used, she, she was very clear in pointing out that she had only used her scraps in order to make it because, you know, fabric is expensive. And she wanted to make sure that I was aware she didn't spend a bunch of money to buy new fabric for this. But uh, on our LinkedIn page, we have a picture of me holding this quilt, and it, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the nicest present I've ever received from a client. So thank you, Katie. Oh, you're going to make wow. me cry, Dan. Oh, Katie. Dan I was telling like Dan the number two person in my life for the last 18 years. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to know that you have a doctor who knows you and knows your issues, and that yeah. you can call at any given moment if you need a doctor. And then I had yeah. Dan. He was the next on the list. Sorry mm-hmm. that you're not above the doctor, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a nurse, health issues, you know. Well, if so, you're going to live, you might as well have some money to do it, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I that, highly recommend I financial planning, especially the way Dan does it. Um, mm-hmm. He keeps talking quality of life. I, as part of my quilting adventure, spent about $12,000 about four years ago, which was pretty close to retirement, for a long-arm quilting machine, and I was scared to death to tell him. And he said, is it helping your life? Oh, my God, yes. It's changed my life. It's made it much more, much better. He said, well, then it's a fine purchase. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because maybe you feel this way, too, that I think of nursing as being very creative. Um, there's mm-hmm. so many things that we get handed, you know, the lemons, and we have to yep. figure out how we're going to make lemonade out of it. And right. so to be able to go from that and feeling good about what you're able to do for patients, to be able to be creative in this way, and, you know, who doesn't love a beautiful quilt? So, well, um, again, you're, you're making, <laughs> giving people happiness. I just have to make them. Yeah. It's my new passion. So. Yes. Well, Katie, thank you so very much for calling in. This was a great you story bet. to thank share, you. and uh, and it it you know gives us a real feeling that this is a real nurse and this is what it it feels like. So yes. thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. So Dan, that is just wonderful, and I I heard the tears in her voice, and I can so much relate to that. Um, it's so I think that that women in general are not really prepared very well to think about finances. Um, and I think that maybe I'm going to start recommending to nursing schools that they consider that as being part of the training that they do. Um, the only training I got in nursing school was basically you should be making more each year than you did the year before. But I had no idea was that you know, an exponential number, or was that a multiple, or what was that supposed to mean? Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, we were talking about the differences between um, men and women, and <clears throat> there must be differences, too, uh, between 
different people. So what are some of the things that you run into that um, uh, maybe we wouldn't think of? Is is it different between different kinds of nurses? Um, anything like that? Well, so one of the biggest things about nurses in general is if you just think about their career choice, they are caregivers. They have a tendency mm-hmm. to think about others before they think of themselves. So we will actually see a lot of nurses, and actually Katie was a great example. She was taking care of her husband at the time, and that took a mm-hmm. lot of her energy, a lot of her resources. Uh, he was disabled from from some things in the past. And so when we talked to her, you know, she had a tendency to think about everyone else besides herself. Mm-hmm. And we will actually see... 60-plus-year-old nurses that are still taking care of, and they'll actually use this language. They'll say something like, I'm taking care of my little boy. Well, their little boy is 40 years old. And (laughs) if he went through a divorce or he had a struggle or whatever, these nurses will actually Mm -hmm. sacrifice their own financial future in order to take care of someone else. And uh, when they yep. come to us, we try to redirect that focus, not, not to tell them that it's wrong to take care of other people, certainly not, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we want to make sure we're putting it into the context of this overall quality of life. I mean, if you think about Katie's example about the long arm quilting machine and that it seemed enormously right. expensive to her, $12,000, which is a lot of money for Katie, mm-hmm. we looked at that and said, okay, how do you use the resources you've worked so hard to save? And in this case, that was one of the absolute best ways to improve her life mm-hmm. in thinking about how she feels, not how everyone else feels about something like that. So when you talk mm-hmm. about the differences in people in general, we are so privileged to be able to help these nurses who work so hard to help other people, especially when you think about what they're going through right now with COVID and how their jobs have changed and all of those things, we feel it's just an enormous privilege to be able to help them. Well, clearly they feel that it's a wonderful service. Um, I was really impressed when I heard that Minnesota Nurses Association was offering it, and it sounds like you actually got that started by calling them and saying, would you like this? Um, That would not have been something I would have thought of you know, that I would get through my union. So um, I just think that's fantastic. Um, Anything else that you would like us to know, um, uh, challenges that came up or um, people that just absolutely could not understand what you were saying? Like Katie said, she didn't want to know the specifics, and I have felt that way too, and I've heard other nurses that felt that way also, um, that the numbers... You know, it's like we're just not numbers persons. We're, we're in that feeling zone of how do I help someone feel better? And numbers don't necessarily fit into that. So um, say a little about that. A lot of times when people first come to us, they think they're going to walk in and we're going to show them equations and numbers and mm-hmm. get into details about investments and all these other products and mm-hmm. services And they're a little bit surprised to see that we might sit down and talk for an hour and a half or two hours in that first meeting, and it's almost all about them. It's what are they trying to accomplish, where are they at in their lives. And so when we think in terms of that, remember nurses care about other people more than themselves in many cases, 
that's a surprise for mm-hmm. them. And they, they get done with this meeting and they go, wow, I can't believe how fast that meeting went. I, we talked for an hour and a half and it felt right. like it just zoomed by because if I were to talk about numbers with them, and get into all the details of different things that a lot of people do, mm-hmm. their eyes would glaze over and they would look at me funny and go, well, I have no idea what you're even talking about. And most importantly, mm-hmm. how does that affect my life anyway? So a long mm-hmm. time ago, I learned from experience, that's just not what I should do when I'm helping nurses. I, I've done this for over 20 years with nurses. I've helped thousands of them. And you learn over time what's effective and what's not, just like a nurse does when she's in her career helping patients. Exactly. In fact, when you started talking about the assessment of 90 minutes, um, I just interviewed uh, an advanced practice RN who has her own clinic, and she said the minimum time she spends with a new client is 90 minutes to do an assessment. And the kind of assessment she's doing is the same thing or similar to what you're doing in trying to find out, you know, where is the health of this person now and where do they want to be, you know, in a year or five years or 10 years. And so it struck me that maybe one of the reasons why nurses feel very comfortable with you because subliminally you're doing a nursing assessment, but from a financial point of view. Yeah, I mean, when they come in, we don't know anything about them. And maybe in the past, they've had an experience where they met with somebody for a half hour, and that person just Mm -hmm. sold them something. It doesn't take very long to sell something. It does take a long Mm -hmm. time to understand someone's situation. So when you think about going in and having that typical, I guess, doctor experience where you walk in and they see you for five minutes, and then they're giving you Mm -hmm. life-altering advice in that time, most people don't feel like they're heard in that type of a situation. And it's really the nurses, honestly, that are the ones that really make the patients feel better about things because, you know, my, our office manager, Ellen, she's been with me for a long time. And and we talk about these types of things a lot. When she went in and had some issues with her son uh, with breathing and some respiratory issues, the doctor mm-hmm. came in and talked for a, a few minutes, and she had no idea what he was saying. It was mm-hmm. the nurses mm-hmm. that explained to her in, in ways she understood and, and, and actually treating her like a real person that allowed her to be able to then make those decisions and be comfortable with how her son was being treated. Yep. And that's our focus. That's why nurses are so different than any other part of the healthcare providers, um, just I mean, we're the ones that are there 24-7. We're the ones that are looking at the whole person, not in pieces, this segment, that segment, this segment, but the whole person, how does the whole person fit together? And just being able to uh, assess and um, uh, have the intuition to bring out from them some things that they don't even know are there. And um, that's just really important. I'm wondering, uh, I know that, you know, of course, this goes out to 70-plus countries, so I know other countries have different kinds of economies. Uh, Would there be something uh, similar to this, a financial advisor at some point in most other countries, or would it be something completely different? There are some countries where uh, my primary credential is called a certified financial planner. And that Mm -hmm. is 
a, a minimum standard of being a, a financial advisor. You have to have three years experience, go through testing and education and all these different things. And my understanding is the certified financial planner credential is expanding into some of these other countries. But I'm working mm-hmm. with a, a university group right now through Northeastern University on some applications that might be able to help more nurses over time. And that group of students Wonderful. are from all over the world. There, there are no Great. native-born American students in that class, mostly from mm-hmm. Asia. And when we talked about financial planning and all the different things we do in our practice, it was completely foreign to almost all of them. The idea mm-hmm. of, of planning ahead and saving and investing is different in every single country that's out there. Wow. So you learned quite a bit about that also, which will make you more able to help other nurses. There's so many more nurses from all different countries all around the world that seem to be uh, attracted to the Twin Cities and therefore to the Minnesota Nurses Association. So that's um, an excellent, excellent thing. So, Well, one of the challenges that I actually had when I first got started was I would have, I have nurse clients from all over the world. Uh, the only continent mm-hmm. that's not represented is Antarctica. So these oh. these people would come from all over the world, and they would have their cultural differences and backgrounds, and it really impacted how they viewed their finances. So if you were talking to somebody, like I had this great nurse from Japan, and when I would talk to her compared to somebody that was maybe from oh, the Middle East or maybe they were from Africa or another continent, their differences in how they viewed spending and how they handled their money was absolutely fascinating. And I had to learn one of the big challenges was I have to cater my advice to their values-based system. It can't be my values. It has to be their values and priorities. And we would see how different people viewed their retirement. For example, there were a lot of people that because of their culture, if their family needed anything, they would have no problem taking money out of their 401k or 403b and and pay a penalty and pay taxes because they Mm -hmm. needed that money to do what they needed to do right now. They didn't even really think about Mm -hmm. the future. And then there were other cultures that wanted to save everything and not really spend Mm -hmm. for today. So we have to cater advice to all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, again, is just very much like uh, holistic nursing looks at things where um, it is so typical for nurses to give and have a really hard time to receive. And so having someone like you that's in the background looking out for them is just really so very important. Um, We've got about one minute, um, maybe 30 seconds. Um, Is there something you would really, if there's one thing you want nurses across the world that are listening to this to get, what would it be? Well, I think, first off, I'd really like to thank the Minnesota Nurses Association for being innovative and creative in using our program because the one thing I would like most nurses to get across the country and the world is understanding that they have control over their future. We talk Mm -hmm. a lot about control the things that you can control. So don't worry about all that noise that you hear in the world around you. Focus on your personal goals and motivations, your resources, and how do you align those things, like those puzzle pieces, 
in order to create that picture that you want for the future. That is so fantastic and a great place for us to end. Dan, it has been really fun to talk with you, and I'm so grateful that you're out there and helping nurses in this very important area of their lives. So, um, and I hope you are giving them, I think you're giving them uh, some glimmers of a sunny financial future, no matter what's happening this year. So I'd like to end the show today with a quote from my favorite um, poet, Daisaku Ikeda. He's a poet laureate of Japan and world peace advocate. And he says, one kind of actual proof of victory in daily life is financial security. I hope, therefore, as you accumulate bountiful treasures of the heart and much good fortune, that you will also become secure financially. As long as we are living and working in society, having a certain amount of financial security is an important element for happiness. And I'd just like to end by saying if, if thank you all in my audience for listening and connecting. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, uh, a subject you'd like to hear, um, please let me know. Or if you know speakers who might be um, good to be on the show, please let me know at leanne at onceanurse.com. That's leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E, at onceanurse.com. Thank you again for listening. Make it a great week, and don't let anyone take it away. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.